everybody. Welcome to the Easy Mojo Podcast here with your host Brian Gilronan and Daniel Peterson. And today we are joined by Brian Level. He is a tattooist, cartoonist, uh, husband, father, all-around awesome person, author of You Get What You Need. And we're here to talk today about his story and what inspires him. So, Brian, you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yes, we also have his lovely wife with us today, hanging out. <laughs> she is. I don't know if she's in a mic shot, though. Okay. Unfortunately, no. No. But she's but here with us. You can feel the vibe. In spirit. Yeah, man. All right. So, Brian, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Can you just tell us, give us your backstory. Where Where do you come from? Uh, from northern Ohio. Uh, lots of cornfields, soybean fields, um, lots of television uh, growing up vhs <laughs> movies uh it's kind of in the middle of uh, outside of toledo ohio um and now i guess i'm down here with y'all in cincinnati area what time at town is it i'm just curious uh clyde ohio clyde ohio mm-hmm. i went to clyde high school i uh, spent a lot of time working in fremont and then i went to college in bowling green state university bgsu mm-hmm. home of the falcons did a hot year and a half yes <laughs> <laughs> Love it. A hot year and a half. Mm-hmm. Nice. I dropped nice. out of that, and you know, <laughs> huh? When did you? Uh, was that? Did you start tattooing in I, Toledo? Or? In Bowling Green, I did actually. Oh, okay. That was okay. where I learned to tattoo. A place called Extreme Tattoo. Uh, I learned from a man named Evan Myers, who has since passed away, which oh. is a sad mm. situation. R-I-P. Yeah, he's uh, rest in power, Evan. He uh, taught me how to tattoo there. That was many years after college. I didn't start in college. I had a break off college and then played in a heavy metal band and we did a couple of years of that and right, uh, right. it was a good time. Huh. Mental note, we'll probably come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. The music. I'm glad to talk about that. It's a good time. Did you grow up drawing and everything or Yeah, some of my earliest memories. Some of my earliest memories were uh, laying on, drawing, and getting super mad. Am I allowed to swear on here? You yeah, can. dude. All right. Let so, I, my, my, Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad uh, used to used to have paper for me all the time, and there was just this stack of orange paper that would just been like just piss me off. So, like, why am I drawing on orange paper? Uh, but I would lay on my dad's garage floor, and I used to have these. Uh, anyone who's I'm 36, so anyone who's roughly my age might remember Marvel Comics. Used to Marvel used to make these trading cards, and mm. Arthur Adams would draw the most badass fights I've ever seen. So I just remember taking these little cards and looking at them on my dad's smooth concrete garage floor and drawing them bigger while my siblings and people would play outside. So no the kidding. garage door would be oh. open and I could see everybody running around. And I'm like, eh, fuck this. I'm not drawing. Right, yeah. Yeah. I'm a I'm part of it, but, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, like, did you... Did art take you to college? Like, were you studying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, when I was... Well, it was weird because I had a pretty good arts program in my high school, which was really odd. My my art teacher was a was a sculptor, mm-hmm. and he wasn't much of a... Like, like, he could draw, and he knew all the fundamentals, but it was weird. Like, I remember helping out with, like, some of the instruction stuff. Like, he'd be like, uh, go check that out, you know? Like, really? And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, tight, you know? <laughs> You're a TA now. Um, yeah, yeah. You're unpaid, <laughs> for sure. Perfect. Um, and so I graduated from high school, and I went, uh, you know... Parents are really, really nice a lot of times, or they try to be really helpful, but when they're fucking clueless when it comes to like knowing how to guide you on an arts path yeah, if they don't have... Yeah, it's not so, a common... Yeah, like, and so they're really sweet. They're like, well, maybe you could work for Disney, maybe, which mm-hmm. is a hilarious thing to come back to. Um, go work <laughs> for Disney and, uh, <clears throat> you know, like, maybe you could go do this, go do that. And so, like, all they gave me a lot of career options. I almost joined the military, actually, because it seemed like a path mm-hmm. that could potentially work. Huh. Um, but, you know, I kind of end up deciding to go to college and, and trying uh, computer animation was, mm-hmm. like, my major. And I don't think I touched a computer 
the whole time there. Was I just that was like, taking painting courses. Is it because because huh. you can you can make a living with that computers? Yeah, yeah, and it was it was weird because it was kind of like in in the time my brain wasn't like I don't think nimble enough to go like they were they like we all saw a future in computer animation mm-hmm. like whether yeah, it was right. cinema or whatever That's where money could could be right, but it was funny because no one ever said you can just make movies mm-hmm. like and i was like, like that mm. would have been probably like the thing if i would have gone back in time now i probably would have went to film school oh. um but instead like i went for computer animation and just kind of fell in love with illustration and drawing and and okay. painting a little bit i didn't really fall in love with painting i enjoyed it but mm-hmm. i did about a year and a half at bgsu and made some good friends with my actually still periodically on facebook talk to my old instructor mike willie who's mm-hmm. a tremendous painter um abstract painter in chicago land area cool. i think so Shout out, wow. Mike. Yeah, shout out, Mike, there if you're you listening. He's good yeah, people. Man. He's going to oh. show this to his students now. Yes. Be like, look at him on this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this guy, you don't know who he is. He said my name in Ohio. Check out all his websites. <laughs> yes. He's got websites, man. <laughs> huh. Okay, so you're in college studying art, doing that mm-hmm. thing. Yep, dropped out. It was a weird situation because I'm not really, you know, my memory's foggy, like, all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm also 36. I feel you. Yeah, and that time feels like a whole life ago. But, uh, you know, like I had to drop out because it was a money issue. I couldn't mm-hmm. remember if it, like, I feel like I couldn't get aid, you know, and I was mm-hmm. paying for a yeah. lot. But, you know, I'm from a family of four. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, like four kids. So it was like I had three siblings and I lived with my mom. My parents were divorced. And, uh, you know, they both worked and busted their ass mm-hmm. to take care of us. But, like, you know, factory jobs only pay so well. Um, and I right. think, like, with the way that the aid structured, which was that they made enough money oh, um, to where yeah. I couldn't get aid, but they had four kids so it was yeah, kind of yeah. like they didn't want to give um so like i didn't get enough aid to go and it was a whole ordeal um so i had to kind of drop out mm-hmm. and you know i started working primarily like full-time after that and then um and that's when i kind of moved into playing uh music and okay uh things of that nature oh, okay and like then, was it were you working a job that you just weren't a big fan of and then I was, music was the outlet kind of deal yeah i was pretty much expert at working yeah. in restaurants ah uh, yeah um, so i was working <laughs> like mm-hmm. fr- like you want need somebody cook some hamburgers bro, yeah. call I my know. ass for <laughs> sure uh, so i was doing that uh a lot at a lot of different places mm-hmm. uh you know whether it was whatever town i was living in and i kind of bounced around between bg and my hometown area of clyde fremont mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, worked all that and kind of and then i kind of playing music yeah, we were in a heavy metal, like hardcore, sort of thrashy, whatever band. What and is the band? We were called The Dawning. The um, Dawning. That yeah. is pretty badass. Yeah, we were fast. Um, I guess we were like deathcore before it had a name. Oh, nice. like, so, But that was like, I guess, the sub- subgenre you might want to classify us. But we would play, and uh, we were all getting tattoos because we're all hardcore kids. You know, mm-hmm. like we kind of came out of that metalcore scene of the right. late 90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody was getting tattoos, but I lived in a trailer with no running water with my drummer, uh, Eric. We had no running water. We had no forced air. So we just, in the winter, we just lived in the living room with space heaters. Mm-hmm. We blocked off the space and mm-hmm. peed. Wow out the window or yep. in a bucket and shit at the gas station and showered at our parents or grandparents house made, made it work. so it was very yep. punk rock uh, yeah uh, white trash punk rock i guess is <laughs> yeah. was a description of our life but frankly it was great you know like yeah. uh, it wasn't ideal but it was certainly a good time Can, and what do you play just sorry to interrupt i played piano and keyboard oh, I, cool. I, I fooled around with a piano and a keyboard in that band i did a lot of headbanging uh awesome i think the majority You're also cheerleading oh like, absolutely the whole thing 
I think if I brought anything to that band, and maybe the guys would argue uh, alternatively, but I felt like I brought most of the band on the back end, or on the front end, rather, like before mm-hmm. before we ever played, like a lot of the arrangements and stuff like that. Uh, I felt right, like right. I was, had a lot more input in that oh, okay, stuff. Yeah. So, you know, so I'd figure out maybe a, like like they'd be writing riffs, I'd be like, eh, let's try, you know, that kind of stuff. Was, was music? Sorry, we're going on this detour, but was music a part of your growing up? Like, if you were doing the arrangements, you obviously had training no it, no or? no it was all completely self-taught oh, and i was so never cool. never good um i was always <laughs> i always i've always had a good ear but bad hands okay like very bad and bad bad voice there's nothing that comes out as good you know so a lot of great ideas though. yeah i think i've yeah. got ideas okay and, and i'm pretty right. good at ideas yeah but that's how I think I served the band best. And mm-hmm. then I would add a little bit of atmosphere because I would play piano and keys. And I was a big black metal fan. Mm-hmm. So like I was listening to a lot of Emperor and stuff at the time, which was funny because mm-hmm. we were a Christian band and Emperor mm-hmm. is all about the devil and burning churches and shit. <laughs> right, and yeah. so it's kind of a funny, <laughs> funny thing. Good but we were you know, juxtaposition there. Oh, yeah, yes. big time. And you were touring a lot during this time? Or? Not a lot. We did like short tours. We would tour with bands. We had good friends in like some Pennsylvania bands, like Once Nothing, who actually kind of blew up in mm-hmm. that scene for a period. And mm-hmm. Demise of Eros were like good friends of ours. And we would we tour names. around. Yeah, yeah, there were some cool bands, and so uh, we toured around. We did a lot of stuff in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, mm-hmm. Indiana. Right, and, uh, yeah. We kind of toured around those three states primarily. But we kind of I can't remember. We we our big opening gig was we drove out to I don't know if anybody remembers an old Christian music festival called Cornerstone, but it was like a massive outdoor festival that was like five days or a week or something. But it was rad because a lot of hardcore bands like us would go out there and just play on a generator stage. Oh, so wow. they'd just turn on some loud gas generator in a in a flatbed and we became part of the ambiance yeah we made a lot of friends there you know a lot of fans and uh, it was pretty cool way to come out of the gate swinging and went from there that's very cool but everybody started that's how that led into tattooing actually because you know you want to look cool and you like tattoos Uh, and you know you're a punk dude and all that stuff and you're hanging around the tattoo parlors getting well my friends were and they all got tattooed by evan um, and and oh. I I made a lot of merch for local bands from Cleveland mm-hmm. and like some like Never Say Die and different bands around. So I would draw pictures for people's shirts and shit. And oh, people okay. were, were for, pretty for printing that. for you know yeah. their their merch. Yeah, and our merch and all that okay, stuff. And yeah. and every time that the bands would go, you know, because we're always wearing band t shirts and stuff because we'd either right. get them for free or oh, yeah. super cheap or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Evan always was like, "That's a cool fucking shirt. Where that you know?" <laughs> yeah. Like, "Oh, our buddy Brian drew that too." And he's like, "This guy can draw." And, you know, has he ever thought about tattooing? And actually, I had. I tried oh, to get an apprenticeship cool. at a there's a there's a legendarily bad tattoo shop in that town. <laughs> like, we, should we not mention it? No, we I don't give a shit. We don't Fuck want to get them. sued. Uh, no, we, we can bleep it out. We'll bleep. just go ahead. No, no, they're they're not even they're not even. They don't, they're so legendarily bad that oh. they don't even have the same name anymore. Uh, oh, <laughs> so they're called uh, On the Edge Tattoo. They're totally shitty and oh, terrible. Yeah. Um, but there's a dude who did a guy's portrait of a, his dead wife, oh. and it looks like fucking Reagan from uh, The Exorcist. Oh, like God. it's and it, it was viral and it's hilarious. And oh, it, so it, you can look it up, yeah, listeners. Like for a season there, like it was in every tattoo shop as a joke. Oh my um, God. But I worked right next door to them, okay. um, and uh, so I tried to get an apprenticeship there because okay. I'm super smart. Uh, and and uh, why, why was it was it just because they were you know kind of they seem the busy conv- yeah and they yeah, said, yeah. You know, you were right there and, and i mean yeah. i wasn't i had no taste you know like at the time <laughs> huh. you're like i can do this 
And that was years before I started playing in the band, too. That was when I was in college. Okay. I had kind of inquired, and they were like, this many thousands of dollars, and you got to, all right, I don't have, I'm fucking in college. I ain't yeah, got a yeah. dime, you know? Right, um, right. Like, I was working in college, working in, you know, I was, once again, excellent at the at yes. doing cooking. Cooking so burgers. I was cooking burgers in my dorm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of what that what happened there. And, and eventually, I Evan, who worked at the other tattoo shop, asked me, uh, if I had, well, asked my 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 band members if I had any interest in tattooing, and it kind of went from there. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. He taught me how to tattoo and started working wow. for them. So that was how long it, were you there? About two years, I think, two thousand three to two thousand five. Huh. Um, and my apprenticeship was uh, insanely short, like three months. Yeah, that sounds pretty. It was yeah. wild. Wow. Very very short. I learned a pro- and Evan was was the guy who apprenticed me, mm-hmm. um, and then a good friend of mine, Josh the Hand Hayward, uh, came up from Atlanta and taught me some really essential shit that changed how I tattooed big time. He's okay. still he's in Nashville now, I believe, oh, okay. and he's one of my oldest friends and one of the oldest like people, I, one of my oldest tattoo mentors. He's one of the best dudes I know. Huh. Um, if he hears this, shout out Josh. He's the dude. Yeah. How did how did he end up from Atlanta to? He has family. Or did you? Uh, he has family okay. up there, and he went to go stay with family. Some shit happened because he was in uh, he was in either Tampa or. Atlanta Atlanta at the time, sure. and he came up, and he ended up working with us. And, oh, okay. and then he worked it on the edge, uh, which was that shitty shop yeah, on and, the edge. Yeah, and he fucked off there enough to where he ended up getting fired, uh, which is hilarious. <laughs> that was, and there's more there that I won't share. Uh, that's fair. But that's how I met my wife. Oh, really? So yeah, like she. So there was some good. There was goodness. Yeah, yeah. There at was, that job. Kind of well, she booked an appointment with him because he's super talented, oh, okay. um, and he didn't. Sh- he just didn't show up for the appointment. Oh, so she, she got fired. Yeah. Oh, oh because he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. The the Lord shined upon my ass. Yeah, it did. So and yeah, so she went next door in a oh. probably some form of rage, uh, and my, and I was sleeping. Yeah. Like when she showed up, I was asleep in the back because it was you know it was slow a lot of times, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know you're just kind of waiting for people to get pl- like plucked off the street to get yeah. some tired small you know stone cross or whatever people want to get. Yeah. And she came in and wanted some cool traditional shit, so I kind of hopped up and got awake and huh. tried to be cool and guess it worked because you know here I am. There we go. 15, right. Over you know nearly 15 years later, like I guess we're 13 and a half years now. Oh, that's so, so great. Unbelievable. Um, wow. Yeah, so Josh, when we were married, actually stole the mic from my best man to take all the credit for the wedding, oh which my was God. pretty tight <laughs> of him. Dramatic. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, so, yeah, I started tattooing there. Uh, Josh helped me out. And after we were married in 2005, we decided to move down to Cincinnati area to really pursue, because I knew that the clientele I was kind of wanting was more large format mm-hmm. and more expressive mm-hmm. instead of just, like, what small yeah. college shit I was going to do. Right, so right. why Cincinnati, then, if you... I mean, is was there some research that well, she's, pointed the way? She had gone to school there. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, she was in the DAP program and stuff. Oh, and, you see, yeah. At UC, shout out DAP program. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And she she had some <laughs> friends here and stuff, and was like, "Well, it's a good city. There's mm-hmm. good tattooing there, and blah 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 yeah. blah." So okay. we when we decided we were going to be married, which we decided we were married six months after we met, um, and oh, wow. we decided we were going to be married earlier than three months i would say i remember i still remember it happened kind of in a conversation at a, over pizza but oh, that's, uh, we're all good conversations started but, yeah it was absolutely and <laughs> ideally finish yeah um, but we we decided to go down and check it out and see if we could find a like a place to live a place mm-hmm, to work yeah. all that shit so i went down with sort of like a work mindset brought portfolios mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. and got a job like right away um yeah. cory flatmo who you know i like i adore cory i don't even know like how much you know how much he likes me to be frank <laughs> 
Um, but Corey uh, actually recommended me to Mother's, mm-hmm. uh, Craig Moore's shop yeah. um, in, in Covington. And mm-hmm. so I went in there and talked to Craig, and Craig really liked the... I think he saw potential in me. Maybe mm-hmm. he didn't yeah. see much in the now, but he definitely saw potential and decided that he would hire me if I wanted to move down. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he actually kind of scoffed at how much I made, and he was like, you'll do better down uh, here. But, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that, that's I mean, good. I think I, I met you guys right around that time. Mm-hmm. Like, you hadn't been in the area very long. No, I think you met me in Erlanger, right? Because I was no, I, that was I, the Covington I started I started in Erlanger. Okay, um, and then I was Maybe there. It was I was there for about six months before I moved to Covington. Okay, to tattoo. So I can't remember which one, but mm. yeah, well, that's where I was uh, at first, and then I moved to Covington and primarily moved toward custom from there. Right, right. Throughout, and throughout all that, like like you kind of brought up that I was a cartoonist. That's like like always in the backdrop was like comic books in some mm. capacity. Going back was, to the original in the garage kind of yeah yeah. yeah. So like I would yeah. I would work on little comic books here and there, and it would mm-hmm. come in like waves. Like I'd work on a thing and then I'd stop, and then mm-hmm. I'd work mm-hmm. on a thing and I'd stop. And uh, but you know tattooing I did for God I you know we had a really great couple of years where i got really busy mm-hmm. people got really excited about what i was doing like i was booked months and months and months out it was a whole it was a it was sweet you know and then the big recession happened oh yeah and right. ta- tattooing is very very much a luxury item oh yeah um granted people get addicted to it but they got disposable income and right. they can be addicted to it when you don't have disposable income that addiction drops pretty fucking quick yeah right yeah. um so we took a pretty big <laughs> deep hit yeah. Mm-hmm. Um mm. and it never it didn't actually hurt us significantly or anything like that, but it was enough to go like, okay, like I know how this shit works now. Mm-hmm. Um right. and so I just really hunkered down and worked and eventually it got to a point where we wanted to have kids and I wanted to kind of have my own space where I could dictate the terms of my own employment, mm-hmm. so to speak, and you know, spend more time at home and spend more time developing other sort of things and mm-hmm. then I moved private. So right. and left right. mothers and opened my own shop. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Which has been a whole interesting ride in and of itself. Yes, sir. You know, shop ownership and seven years. Yeah, yeah. Seven 20, years. Twenty twelve. Wow. I know. Oh I've God. been wow. longer there than I was at Mother's. That's like, wild. Or about the same amount of time, uh, which is weird. Super I, strange. That's crazy. I want to ask real quick because I want to get to the why Ludlow and and that whole scene in the comics. But you mentioned earlier just for the because I don't know because I have no tattoos sadly. Maybe one day I can book with you, perhaps. <laughs> but I keep a loose enough schedule. But, <laughs> but once you uh, you mentioned um, traditional tattooing, you know I, I have no idea. But can you describe for the, the oh, yeah. non non knowers what what that is? Sure, and, yeah. Like so, that was just I was referencing American traditional, like mm-hmm. which is like the Sailor Jerry stuff that you'd see, or like yeah. if uh, the Ed Hardy shirts were less garish oh, right. in their color choices, <laughs> sure. um, like a little bit more like red, like three color, you know, like black, red, and or you know, right. like black, red, green, yellow, like yeah. primarily those colors. But you know, like neo traditional uses, there's nothing that's off limits there. But mm-hmm. that was kind of the thing that she wanted, and that's the thing that Josh taught me a lot about but josh also had an affinity for japanese tattooing as well okay. which was really sparked my interest in that i was gonna say I've, it seems in the the work i've seen online there's a pretty heavy influence at least in the gallery section yeah, on japanese mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's a big i love japan i love japanese tattooing and i love what it does for the body mm-hmm. um i still don't adhere mm. very like traditionally to it i just like the way that it looks like on the skin and i like playing with those shapes i think mm-hmm. it's it's very satisfying what are those shapes and how could you describe that uh like w- like japanese does such a great job of like framing out musculature and like mm-hmm. like movement and so like the body oh, right. yeah. you know the body just kind of naturally makes lines mm-hmm. like when you look like it's kind of set in v's and 
diagonals. And so like, that's like when someone's like, man, I want to get a snake around my arm, bud. <laughs> like, like it's, you're kind of like, well, let's just get this bitch coiled up because I like, you're cutting those lines right out. Yeah, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like, let's try to make a, yeah. you know, let's try to make this thing work. <laughs> yeah. And, and so ultimately it's a, uh, like Japanese, I think is best for, I think it's the best, I guess, genre of tattooing to frame the body in a way okay. that does it, I think, a, a significant justice to the natural form. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's what, and plus it's dragons are badass. Dragons Snakes are, are badass. badass. Flowers are bad. It's all yeah. badass shit. So the, um, yeah, I mean the, the stuff that's on your website is pretty incredible. And, and like, you. uh, your video, which we'll talk about a little later. I mean, just the, just the scale of some of those projects, like a full side of a human being. I mean, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's got to take an age. Yeah, it's it's weird because uh, this this is gonna sound kind of morbid, but if you took the skin off and you laid it flat, mm-hmm. it's way bigger than it looks when it's on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right. so when you get in there and you and you stretch it out, mm-hmm. like like you know, like when I was in tattooing, the lower back tattoo was like a real big popular thing. Oh, sure. Everybody's seen lower back tattoos. Mm-hmm. People don't really realize how big those things are. Like when you sit down and stretch your back out, that lower back skin's so stretchy. Like it gets two, three times as the size. Mm-hmm. So when you see right. someone with their ribs done, what you're seeing it as is probably you know like sixty percent bigger than that when oh, the yeah. tattooer is doing it by stretching that skin out and stuff too. Wow. So as big as it as big as it looks and impressive as it looks, it's crazy big when you're tattooing. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, luckily, you know, like we work a lot of times with bigger needle groupings and try to keep a certain amount of brevity to the lines, and it mm-hmm. works out pretty all right. But uh, I love working on large format stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of as a pain in the ass to like lay it out, but right, right. when it's done, it's worth it. You know, I get, oh. it's what excites me. I think as far as tattooing goes, when someone's like, "I want like one big image to cover this space," I'm like, mm-hmm. "Let's go." <laughs> you know, when the worst is when a cl- when a client and and God bless you if you're listening, any of you people that have done this to me, mm-hmm. is when they're like, "I've got a big giant area. That means I can just cram a bunch of shit into it." Mm-hmm. And that's there's nothing worse than that because mm-hmm. like then you're just like trying to find a way to logistically fit a lot of stuff and a, and ultimately you're just doing a bunch of small stuff where it's mm-hmm. like yeah the coolest most awesome like everyone's seen a dragon back piece right mm-hmm. like you've seen a billion of them but when you see a dragon back piece in person it's a whole different feeling mm-hmm. like it's like whoa like that it's there's power to it mm-hmm. so that's what i like to try to do with tattooing is give it power yeah yeah and that really comes through and it seems like you really to do it the way you want to do it like giving it the um you know the proper credence and and honoring it i mean you need that private space to allow yourself that that kind of time it seems like yeah i think a lot of people do a really good job of being uh in a public space and doing that Mm -hmm. um but for me like daniel and i have known each other for a very long time and daniel knows that i don't really like to play surface at all when it comes to talking about things Mm -hmm. um so like the private scenario really worked beautiful for me because i was able to really like intimately talk to people and really get to know people because like my clients to me are why i why i'm committed to tattooing Mm -hmm. for so long like it's not because like the art form is amazing and i love it mm-hmm. uh, but like it doesn't satisfy in the same way that drawing whatever the fuck you want does right like when i sit down and just like huh. i'm gonna draw something that's way more satisfying to me than when a client says i want to get a thing and then i'm like okay tight what do you want you know right. like yeah. how much of me are you gonna let me put into this yeah like as sure. an artist sure. as an artist person like tattooing is not the ideal trade uh, mm-hmm. However, as an experience, it's difficult to emulate right. because it's such a rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a weird give and take, you know. It's like commercial art where you can cuss a lot. 
and listen to Stoner Rock or something. I love it. Yeah, and I mean, you've been able to cultivate relationship with a lot of your clientele as opposed to like just doing walk-ins and things like that. I mean, that was kind of the oh, absolutely the goal as well, right? I yeah, mean, a lot yeah. of my friends have come out of right. tattoo. Well, my right. wi- my wife, for heaven's yeah. sakes, like, yeah. She, yeah, you know, a lot of my fr- a lot of my friends have either are, are either been tattooed or tattooers or in somewhere some way ancillary ancillarily right. related to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like a walking advertisement for your tattoos. I feel <laughs> no, like it's tight. Times. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of work done by Brian. I'm not years. paying you. <laughs> Wait, what? You're like, like, how much what? the billboard cost? Yeah, right. <laughs> Should be paying these people. So, so why Ludlow, Kentucky? Because we're we're all fond of folk school coffee yes, parlor, and Ludlow Tavern. So and am I. Stuff. Yeah. But what drew you there? Yeah, we mm-hmm. yeah, folks school and I opened the same year. The this is an unfun answer, Ooh. but uh, tattooing is illegal in a lot of places. Oh, really? Um, either either the city has a stipulation on how many shops are allowed to exist, huh. or uh, municipalities have just straight up said we don't want tattoo shops in in the town. Huh. Uh, so when it came to options for me to tattoo. Ludlow huh. was pretty much the Wild West. Okay. Like, there wasn't any rules against it. There wasn't any of that stuff. So, it, it was one of the few municipalities that I could actually get into mm-hmm. to tattoo in and also just afford the rent. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it kind of, so I moved in in 2012, which is when Matt and, uh, well, I don't know if I can name everybody's names, but Folk School opened. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, Actually, I wasn't. There was no. There was no culture there to speak of. Right. That, that not to say that it was uncultured or there was no culture. I just didn't know about any of it. Right. And and that really started happening uh, slowly over time. You know, and I think a lot of it just boiled down to committing mm-hmm. to the space, mm-hmm. which we did. We moved our family there and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff yeah. for a period. Yeah, it's which, a beautiful spot. I mean, thank you. Yeah, and that whole Ludlow is just. I mean, it really is a beautiful. It's such Spot. a weird anomaly, yeah. the town itself. So, uh, you y'all listening, it's like a very weird. It's a river town. It's it has a lot of like uh, like old. Uh, there's a, there's an old guard and a new guard, and there's this guard in between that I feel like is us, which is like just working class people that want to make interesting art for mm-hmm. ourselves for our friends for the town where right. a lot of us are very invested in the community um invested in hopefully having businesses in the community mm-hmm. not in like some sort of weird like w- as a capitalist endeavor as much as just like a self-sustaining interesting yeah. cultural endeavor mm-hmm. right um i was laughing because i was talking to karis who owns the distillery we have a really mm-hmm. like a really fun like uh magic themed distillery in town second, called second site. site yeah That's they're incredible right. check them and out Car- for sure yeah they're awesome we collaborate I did a, uh, a rum with them, and that was a lot of fun. That, uh, did you do that. all their logo stuff? Or? I did not. I can't okay. remember the dude that did that. I did the tree for their bourbon. Oh, you and did? Then, yeah. And then Which I, I was having yesterday. Well, I hope <laughs> that, Phenomenal. Well, I hope, that you're, I hope that the rum was your favorite part, or the bourbon was your favorite yeah. part, and the tree was second favorite. Yes. <laughs> all those things. <laughs> now, we, did a, we did a collaboration with my tattoo shop, which is called Illuminat. Uh, so we did like uh, this like, Japanese-y like, sort of tea-infused... Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it'd be a spiced rum. I don't know what the technical legal definition would be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it had like a Hanya face on it and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and it went pretty well. People seemed to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, the Karis, I t- oh, until like what's that? Until you sold out. Yeah, yeah, we did sell out. So nice. Um, I don't know if we're going back to. I 
in comics, we call it going back to print. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> going back to bottle. Going, going back to the bottle. <laughs> that sounds like going yeah. That sounds like bottling. I got a problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> going, going back to the bottle. Had a rough day going back to the bottle. <laughs> the, yeah. But Karis, I kind of laughed. I was like, everybody's real hip. Everybody's a hillbilly here, but they're a little too hip. It's like a bunch of hip billies. Mm, hip and, billies, uh, <laughs> new term. Yeah, so yes. We were kind of laugh about that at the distillery. Hip <laughs> that is that's awesome. So, yeah, just pay me a thousand dollars every time you say it. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I remember when you first moved into that spot uh, in Ludlow, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I say that, but then I also, you've done so much work mm-hmm. uh, with renovations, I can't even remember what it looked like. It was Frank, yeah, it looked like yeah. a barbershop, like, and frankly, like, it seems, like we did a lot of work, but we didn't do a lot of, like, I don't know how to describe it. We just resurfaced a ton of stuff. Right. And that's really what it boiled down to because the bones of that building are so rad. Yeah. Um, if you go in my shop, like, you kind of just opened it up, right? Yeah, yeah we yeah, just right, opened yeah. that. We opened it up. Like, there was, we didn't knock out any walls or anything. Oh, like, nice. everything was just floating there. We just kind of ripped it all, ripped all down the, like, literally, there was a partition wall that was held up by a, uh, a drop ceiling. Oh. Like, so, like, I could, like, grab the thing and just shake it. It was a very wow. precarious Not setup. It was a, a nightmare. It's okay. Uh, but we yeah. ended up getting that off off and then uh i started getting plaster off the wall and found that old mail pouch tobacco sign oh, that yeah, was an right. old exterior ghost sign that mm-hmm. had been preserved for it's you know the building was built 1885 so mm-hmm. the sign existed before that so i've got a real bitchin sign on mm-hmm. my yeah. inside of my wall and mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool yeah space. if you ever are in ludlow kentucky you got to check out this spot i mean it's mm-hmm. it's it's yeah it's it's pretty wild probably one of the coolest tattoo spots i've ever seen i mean honestly just because it's all open and it's got that old historic feel to everything and thanks man yeah i would i would encourage everyone to check it out oh yeah and ludlow is only 10 minutes away from cincinnati yeah, yeah. downtown mm-hmm. yeah there's and several spots to the airport it's all good yeah it's a good place to check out and when it's funny because going down from Ludlow back down to the highway or whatever is like one of the prettiest views of the city too. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. When you're coming down along the waterfront there, it's gorgeous. Uh, and yeah. We really love to be in Ludlow, and that our building is real. It's super old, and the kind of it's not actually what I envisioned it to look like when I originally started designing that space. I expected it to be a little cleaner and a little more modern. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started like everything started getting exposed, and it was just so full of flaws to the point <laughs> right. where I was like, "This is way cooler." Yeah, the yeah. character you know? right. aspect. Right. So I just kind of like it's a super eclectic looking space too. Like yeah. you're kind of like I don't know what style this is. It's just it, you know, mm-hmm. which is very Ludlow. Yeah, know? that yeah. is very Ludlow. Is yeah, cool. and I mean, you also you illustrate comics there as well. I don't really space? work out of there very okay. often mm-hmm. uh, for comics because I have an office in my house that I okay, that gotcha. I work out of. But that's that's uh, sometimes I'll go down there. I'll do layouts or pencils or yeah. sometimes inks, but I uh, work on commissions or something down there. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I've did I've done a bit of work. Uh, down there, but primarily I work at home on comics. Yeah, and you've got a couple uh, artists in there right now, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got Brett Hursting. Uh, Big Brett is what we call him in the shop because there's two Bretts. There's Little Brett, and, uh, <laughs> which is Brett Smith. So uh, Brett Hursting does like real saturated, large format color work, and Little Brett does uh, kind of uh, Japanese. He's very similar, stylistically influenced as me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Japanese, a lot of American traditional um, but we kind of have completely different approaches. Um, yeah. He he certainly tattoos like a younger person. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely have more of an old head approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like it just depends on what you're going for. Sure. But uh, the work the work is everybody's really good. I you know yeah. I'm really fortunate to have those guys hanging around with me. Yeah, those dudes are they're sick. Yeah, and they're hilarious. So. Yeah, they really are. Mm-hmm. I've never been in a tattoo session where I've laughed more <laughs> than yeah. at that place. It's between outrageous. you and the two Bretts. It's it's like. 
It's supposed to be painful, but I'm laughing. I don't understand <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good at cutting up. So, <laughs> yeah. and it's always very unpredictable. You know, much to a detriment at times. You're just like, oh boy, we're pushing this one a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> How did they come into the picture? Just briefly. Uh, well, Big Brett, I know uh, he was leaving a place, um, and I don't really know the details of that. And frankly, I don't really care to. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I know he, he, you know, he was looking for a place to work, mm-hmm. and we had talked, and he had told me like he was like, I, I want a place to work. Um, he even mentioned right away, he's like, I want to open my own place eventually, so I want to mm-hmm. be forthcoming mm-hmm. about that. And mm-hmm. and so uh, he was, but he wanted a place to work in the interim, and we discussed it, and it seemed to make sense for him, seemed to make sense for me, and so you know, we had him come, and we we made a you know. A, I guess I had a contract. To, uh, yeah. That's I'm big on contracts, not in the interest of uh, because like I like to hold people to a T, but I think like having a record of things is important. Right. Uh, it yeah. mitigates expectations a little bit mm-hmm. and makes everybody aware of nobody gets. I guess nobody gets all their feelings hurt. Yeah, it's like we talked about this, yeah. and so you know, like. And yeah. both both Bretts, you know, like was it was the same deal. Like he came, Big Brett came, and then we worked together for a while, and he's still there, and we're hanging out. And Little Brett uh, came about a year after, I think, or a year and a half. I can't recall. Um, Big Little Brett almost came t- like before, and then uh, there was like he decided not to, and then he ended up coming eventually, like a year later or something to that effect. Nine months later, I can't recall, but yeah. um, and they've been there. They've both been there since uh, I don't know the year. He's it's there. Yeah, Little Brett's been there since not 2018, but 2017, and Big mm-hmm. Brett was there 2016-ish, I think. Gotcha. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so wow. we've all kind of settled into a degree, yeah. and everyone knows their groove, each mm-hmm. other's groove, and I think we all kind of feed off of each other to a degree and learn things from each other. It's kind of mm-hmm. nice to have yeah. each other to bounce things off of. Yeah, it feels real supportive when you're in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's we awesome. All, we all like each other pretty yeah. well. And all, they're also all appointment only, that kind of thing. You guys yeah. are... Yeah, I think Little Brett's taken like two walk-ins, okay. just kind of out of a wild situation, you know, like yeah. just feeling it. Yeah, like maybe had a cancellation and somebody oh, came yeah. in or something. I don't, I don't recall. I think because I remember he called me. He's like, "I took a walk-in. What do we do about this?" Because <laughs> you know, like they have a, we have kind of a certain setup, and, and I was like, "Just it's fine." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah, you're primarily appointment only, correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's uh, LuminotTattoo.com is our website. So like, like. If, since we're talking about it and yeah, I'm plugging yeah. it here, uh, oh, yeah. then you can kind of see, way, every, see everybody's work and know how to get in touch with us yeah. and all that stuff. So there's links to all of our Instagrams, which is where we primarily post everything. So, mm-hmm. but I kind of own like the primary Illuminati tattoo gotcha. uh, mm-hmm. uh, Insta, but everything's up there on the website too. On gotcha. all the platforms. Yeah, I no, not all the platforms. Not I am, the I platform. do have a Facebook. I do not have. A, I I use Twitter primarily for comics. I don't right. do like an Illuminati Twitter. Um, which is maybe a mistake, but I don't really care. It's yeah. fine. Well, we're, that, we're doing fine. Yeah. What's which a, is a, a good pivot? Yeah, let's talk about to, comics yes, for a little bit. Comics, yeah. baby. How, how'd you get in? Because you've what? What's it been? How many years? Uh, in in earnest, I've been going hard for eight. Yeah. I guess it doesn't feel like eight. It's been real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I started kind of trying to trying to really make a go of it again. Um, right before we had. Uh, our, our like right when we were pregnant, right before we were pregnant, yeah. So, right before Aaron was pregnant with our first, um, we is when I kind of started going back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had made a short comic with a good friend of mine, and uh, we kind of took turns drawing a little bit, writing a little bit, and made this thing, and kind of took it out to a real small press convention mm-hmm. in Columbus, and sold very few of them to mm-hmm. people and uh that was that like uh, and that i was kind of hooked ever since 
Um, so you, we, yeah, you got got into it just by like we're gonna make this ourselves. Well, yeah, and there was something kind of cool. like I just have a penchant for storytelling. Like that's mm-hmm. like what I, my desire is to like tell stories a lot. Mm-hmm. And comics was nice because I had you know wanted to do things like on video periodically, and I still love the format of video. But there's something about the control of a comic book. You know, when you can draw and you can write it and do all that stuff, mm-hmm. you can just control and make the whole thing and not rely on anybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something really special about that. So I kind of I was hooked. Like I just started making them again and yeah it was great and do you write them as well like, i do okay. yeah um i primarily am known for drawing because that's mm-hmm. where you know like i've right. never written for marvel or dc but i have drawn for them you know mm-hmm. like i worked on batman and worked on spider-man and all that stuff uh yeah, which is pretty cool really <laughs> yeah really cool that's a long <laughs> oh, path I mean, what to... was that like like okay you go going back to the what was the garage, the garage right and then now the you're stencils oh it's surreal doing... as hell man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's totally surreal like when you're you know like when you're you grow up learning how to draw because you look at Arthur Adams drawings to yeah. like, now I have to figure out how do I draw Captain America? In You're your just own like, yeah. And like the way that you draw, it's a very weird experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, and this is going to make me sound like maybe a jerk or something like that, but because I'm, you know, I'm a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really get lost in the sort of like sparkle of it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like, how do I get this right? And I just worry about the drawing. Just grind it um, out. So till you, you like it. Yeah. So it's like all of my excitement for the jobs often comes when I get offered them. Like I get kind of like, that's where you get the butterflies and the excitement and the Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing this thing. Like I, huh. you know, I did two issues of Spider-Man and it was, um, really, really special to, I got to do it with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. like who was the writer, who is also an artist and he's spectacular. Um, but he wrote, like, his name's Ryan Stegman. He's like, he's the best. He's <laughs> also a piece of hot trash. So, uh, but he's a good friend of mine. Love uh, you. So hey. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't like his guts. <laughs> No, but he wrote it, and it was great. Um, <clears throat> it was really surreal, you know, to kind of be like, okay, I'm drawing Spider-Man for a job now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it, especially when you're making horror comics, like you're making horror comics because you just want to tell a little story, and then fast forward six years, and you're pounding out Spider-Man fighting Green Goblin, and yeah. you're just like, holy shit. All <laughs> right, established yeah. characters, yeah. That's very weird. Um, uh, but then you kind of are all like, but I want to make my own character still too so then mm-hmm. you have to find that way to like feed that demon i guess mm-hmm. that's like right. make 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 yeah. create 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 what's your problem why are you drawing that like why you take that appointment that thing you don't want to do you yeah. Know? Yeah. So you're tattooing yeah. through all of this as well right yeah yeah, 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 yeah through yeah. the whole thing like then yeah. tattooing i would still say is my primary source of income yeah. uh though i've done you know eight years in the comics sort of world um i would say i've been in the, you're yeah, well, well, yeah. About 50-50 now, yeah. huh? So, wow. Um, and that's by choice. You know, I guess I could have probably, like, really went at something a little harder mm-hmm. um, here and there. I think if I really would have poured uh, into DC or Marvel and said, hey, get me, like, something longer term, I probably could have gotten something a little... I'm not saying that out of hubris. I'm just making guesses mm-hmm. um, if I really wanted to go that way. But I, I still love tattooing, and I, and I love my clients and stuff. And uh, it's just kind of a weird road because, you know, like, I don't want to... I still want to make my own things, you know, like the whole reason that I got into making comics again was because tattooing wasn't satisfying that part Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. I just wanted to make a new thing like of my own design of my own sort of thing. And so it's weird to kind of like this arc of like starting uh, to make comics again and then you start working on different things and all of a sudden you're getting job offers and you're doing these things and you're like, holy crap, like this is happening. Like Mm -hmm. I have a career here. 
And then all of a sudden you get to the backside of three or four years and you're like, I haven't made anything for myself in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I did you get what you need last year, um, which we mentioned at the beginning, which was like a, a way for me to kind of take everything that I've done and just kind of distill it into like eight pages of just, you know, in my opinion, just eight pages of fear mm-hmm. and dread. Mm-hmm. And huh. So I, that was kind of like me getting all that out. Um, and it was really satisfying. And of course you get addicted to that and want to keep doing that. Can you talk about that really quick that you get what you need? Yeah. It's a, it's like a weird document. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better in print. I have like a limited, I made them super limited, like 250 of them. I still have some left, but, uh, so if anybody sees me at a con and wants to talk about it, I'll be glad to talk about it. But it was, mm-hmm. it was a way for me to kind of exercise those, like, uh, you know, those, those the creative itch that like doesn't come from like working on things that people want you when you when you're working on things that people want you to work on they have a load of rules all right and i don't care about rules Mm -hmm. like and i hate them (laughs) like i always have and i always will like i'm very rebellious at my core um and Mm -hmm. so you get what you need was a chance for me to go like fuck this i'm making something and i don't give a shit if anybody gets it i don't care if anybody likes it Mm -hmm. like i'm doing it for me Mm -hmm. but i just knew that i'm not the only one that likes this stuff so i might as well make some and wow. I did, and the reaction was really good. You know, it's a it's a horror book. It's like uh, four pages of comic book story, four pages of I don't know, like documents, fabricated documents. Okay. Um, it's I don't know, Daniel. Have you seen it? I, I yeah. It's a, I, I it's think I ugly you book. Talking about it, but I don't think I've ever seen it actually. It's a really ugly. It's thing. It's an ugly book. It is, and it's <laughs> but like and and I've gotten a lot of really great feedback from it. When mm-hmm. my buddy John made me nervous because he's like, "This book feels like there's something wrong with it." Ooh. And I was hey, like, oh, oh, wow. "I don't like to hear that." <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what yeah. you mean? But you only have he, twenty of them left. No, is I have I have several left. Oh. Um, cool. Like, uh, but it like it was just a chance for me to get all that like creativity and sort of like. Because I make stuff when I have the opportunity. I make things that are relatively dark and unnerving. Mm-hmm. Um, but not like, like it's funny because I love working in horror, but I like working in horror as a feeling, not as like a trope. It's mm-hmm. so like if you're like, what are you working on? Like, oh, you're doing a horror thing. What kind of thing? Is it like supernatural? I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's there to frighten me. Mm-hmm. And if it frightens me, hopefully it frightens you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I like to do. So, yeah. you know, and a lot of that, like I said, going back to growing up in the middle of nowhere, you know, mm-hmm. walking up to the video store to rent VHS tapes. And, you know, I watched a lot of horror movies mm-hmm. um not when i was a kid but like in my you know adolescence mm-hmm. like i still remember certain horror movies uh and horror movie experiences that really were transformative for me um and like helped me grow up you any, know any movies oh, yeah. in particular yeah. oh, return of the living dead yeah return okay. of the living dead is still one of my favorite movies it is hilarious mm-hmm. like, it's so <laughs> funny it's i still it was totally transformative and like that was the first time so this is going to be uh, really embarrassing to a degree <laughs> but that's the first time i saw like female frontal nudity and mm-hmm. i was like my brain got blown <laughs> um and then it got blown again a couple of years ago when i found out she was wearing a prosthetic vagina <laughs> So I was like, man, the whole like the whole thing I saw was like not even real. What a twist! Like, but it was like a weird, you know, like a like it, you kind of grow up then a little bit. Yeah, you know, you're just like, yeah. whoa, that's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like holy smokes, that's the was, first. Yeah. yeah, the thing you're not supposed to see, you're not allowed. To see. And then of course she turns into a zombie and bites part of a guy's head off, and yeah. it's kind of funny. And her name is Trash, which is right. hysterical. Uh, but the movie's hilarious. Like, and it is a comedy. If anyone's ever seen it or wants oh, yeah. to see it, it's a it's a comedy on purpose. Uh, but that was like a real important one. I saw Pumpkinhead at way too early of an age. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a couple that i saw by accident uh but then there was a lot that i watched on purpose and i really started to fall in love with the crime genre Mm -hmm. um and the horror genre and what i didn't realize is that the stuff that i gravitated to the most whether it was music whether it was uh comics whether it was cinema like it was always 
tinged with horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know it at first. Like, I still remember that Edward Scissorhands was the first movie that I saw that I, that I cared to learn who made it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, this is something. Like, and it really spoke to me. And there was something horrific about it that was simmering underneath everything. Mm-hmm. It felt like a powder keg. And it was. You know, when you watch Edward Scissorhands, even now, it's pretty moving oh, yeah. at times. But, like, you can just feel that dread laced under everything. And I loved that about that movie. That's cool. Wow. That's informed a lot of what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everything yeah, that I do, I like want it. to feel unsafe. There, well, there's something destabilizing about horror, and uh, mm-hmm. like, and so in virtually, when you give me free reign to do what I want to do, it's like designed to make to bring discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, like huh. it's that's what I like because I feel like when you're destabilized, you start to evaluate where your stability comes from like where your safety comes from. Right. And so like, I feel like horror is a really grounding genre where you can just really start to investigate if you care to. Sometimes people just like watching heads get chopped off and blood squirt up 10 feet. And that's mm-hmm. hilarious. Right, and, right. Like some people are yeah. into that. I'm not, you know, um, I like things that hurt, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I don't think there's any, like everybody entertains themselves in their own way, but I tend to prefer things that are a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Wow. On your website, it talks about, they've got, um, it's a, kind of promotional video but it ta- you talk about honest art um and that kind of motto kind of what you've been talking about now um do you still go by that still use that as a kind of a tagline or yeah i think authenticity is the most important thing that i feel like i ever want to offer anybody mm-hmm. um artifice is in everything no matter where you turn and we're loaded with it you know like when when i'm on social media you're seeing my brand mm-hmm. you know right. when i'm when I'm making a book, you're seeing what I want you to see. Like, mm-hmm. and so like, it's the, the, the least that I can do is try to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like it's the absolute least that I can do because it's like, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain because like I do this for me, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like that's why I'm doing it. I'm making the art for me. I'm, but like, that's because I've chosen that path. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's complicated for me because like, I just want to make something that rings true to people mm-hmm. because right. I think if there's truth in it, then people feel like they can relate to it and then they don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. And that's to mm-hmm. me, like the most important thing that I can do is just be real and, and connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I guess I'm after with the art that I make mm-hmm. is just try to connect to people in an authentic and real way. I grew up in hardcore and metalcore. Like if you're a poser, you're a bitch. Like nobody <laughs> wants to be around you. Yeah, right. right. You know, like who wants to be around a fake ass dude yeah. um, or girl for that matter? Um, like there's just no... There's no sense in being artificial, mm-hmm. uh, at least in my opinion. And so that's kind of where a lot of that concept came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the name of it was even Andrew's idea, the, the guy who made the short um, oh, okay. the short movie, because okay. I th- he knows me really well. So oh, okay. wanted to give it something that hooked. I think it's authenticity is currency nowadays, too. People smell no fakeness kidding, like yeah. a mile away. Um, and I am a very no bullshit person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I try to be kind, you know, and I yeah. try to listen and... Um, but sometimes, you know, sometimes, and sometimes I'm fake and I don't mean to be, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe if I do mean to be, it's cause I'm scared of something right, or yeah. because I'm, you know, like, I feel like I'm, you know, I have to be for some reason and that sucks. And I hate that, you mm-hmm. know, I hate that I haven't like that anybody has an inclination to be inauthentic. Yeah. Huh. I was going to ask if there's a, a, if there are stories behind that, but it sounds like uh, it really came from just who you are as a person, just growing yeah. up and metal scene and and on from there yeah i think so you know i i don't i don't think it's anything that i actively like formulated Mm -hmm. it was just kind of a natural like when i because i'm i'm i draw a lot right Mm -hmm. so i spend a lot of time alone and when you spend a lot of time alone you spend a lot of time in your head Mm -hmm. when you spend a lot of time in your head you deconstruct 
fucking everything <laughs> and you're left with very few things to deconstruct and what you really boil what everything boils down to is what do you believe about anything in this world at all yeah. mm-hmm. and if that's then so i had to just boil things down to like oh well, i think that honesty is important yeah. why well, i don't fucking know i just think it is right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, and i, I want to bring that into my art and everything right. that i do yeah yeah like yeah. i don't want to react in ways that are inauthentic i just want to project authenticity to the best of my ability right i love it that's, yeah, man. That's been You're my projecting that, it, and that's my whole life. Is like I don't want to react to anything mm-hmm. if I can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to proact as much as humanly possible. Because yeah. I found all the times in my in my life that I react, I make choices that I either regret or I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I when I project myself into a situation, I project myself into my art. I project myself into people. Everything is generally, I think, more in line with what I would deem as good. Um, yeah. which by mm-hmm. itself is a nebulous term anyway. Right. Good, we all define it differently, but I yeah. think that what I think is good in the world uh, is best demonstrated when I'm honest. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's awesome. Man. It's vague yeah. as hell, yeah. but yeah, I think it's, I, I dig it. I agree. <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I think generally, I think generally people agree with that, but it's hard to practice because it puts you in conflict right. a lot. Right. Puts yeah, you was... in conflict with yourself even. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you have plenty of incidents of people, you trying to be honest and authentic, even in the tattoo studio. Yeah. And someone's like, what? No. No, yeah. man. Well, like, and the thing is, is you can be honest and not be mean. You know, I think it's, you sure. can, you can, uh, as the phrase goes, speak truth and love to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or speak truth in jokes, which is what comedians spend a lot of time yeah, doing. True. Um, so you can kind of, or just frankly, like sometimes being honest with people is just asking them questions to help them like even investigate what they're even trying to say right. and then kind of help them along the way. And I'm, I'm not here to help anybody. I guess I'd like to, mm-hmm. but like, I just want to be, be what I would define as good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, I've kind of submitted to a couple of things in my life. Like I'm a religious person and I'm an artist and I'm a family man. And mm-hmm. so those are the three things that I, I, I said this earlier today. I was like, submission is like a submissive stance is a fighting stance. Like I'm just mm-hmm. choosing to fight what I've submitted, fight for what I've submitted to instead of fight against it. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. And so whatever I can to, to kind of project that into the world and, and fight for those things is what I want to be doing. Very awesome. Love it, man. Love it. Well, I've always known you as a, you know, one of the hardest working artists, you know, I mean, probably that I know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, and, and that's always stuck out to me. And, you know, I grew up working construction and, and things like that. And, and, uh, you know, when I first started hanging around with you, you really, through your example, kind of taught me and showed me like, Hey man, take this seriously. The art form, what you're doing, work hard at it. You know what I mean? put yourself into it mean what you're doing you know what i'm saying like you know know why you're making the art and that feels good and, to hear that cause yeah well, and it was like it was really cool for me to hear that you know it's, you're not just screwing around drawing pictures or for me messing around playing drums on an afternoon or whatever it's 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 a pursuit and work hard take it seriously you know right. and, and if but the thing is, is if you can't then it's okay just recognize it yeah you know what i mean like what like, do you mean by that well like some people can't take it seriously enough to make a career out of it right. or yeah. make a, like a world changing sort of thing. Like some people don't have, like they're hobbyists right. and that's yeah. okay to recognize that. Oh sure. But I know you're a musician. Yeah. I know you're an artist. So right. like it, it behooves you and me and everyone else that interacts with your art to, to push you to take it as seriously as possible. Yeah. But I think some people are out there. They're like, I want to be a comic book artist. 
And like, how do I get into comic book artists? And it's like, make comic books. Like that's <laughs> like, you can do that now. And, and, yeah, yeah. and, and we, and we get, you. and on Twitter, people will shit on me or shit on other people for saying right. that. But realistically, if you're not already producing the pages, if you're not already writing the scripts, if you're not already doing it, what makes you think you're going to dedicate 400 hours a month or yeah, whatever yeah, exactly. to doing that sort of thing? I don't right. know how many hours a month, but it's a shitload. And I think no, 300, that, 300 yeah, no. to four hours a month. That's sounds a thing right. that we've, we've come across a lot with everybody we've talked to is that, uh, the time that you spend spend right. with something that you love will have results of some fashion but if you're not putting the time in i mean totally. what, what your expectations are, are false yeah and the thing is is that that's okay mm-hmm. yeah right like like yeah, you're totally right yeah. i think that people get caught up in this idea that you have to live your passion and you have to work your passion in reality just do whatever it takes to have passion at all mm, right. like mm-hmm. like yeah. as if you work at a job that you don't love but that job that you don't love gives you the things that you need to be more peaceful and more calm and have the outlets that you want to have then then recognize that that's okay mm-hmm. like you don't have to listen to everybody right like my dad instilled in me a very intense work ethic as did my mom like but the thing is is that they were completely and totally clueless about what an artist's lifestyle looks like right and so they needed at some point or another get over themselves and get over not themselves like in a complete way but get over how they expected my life to look Mm -hmm. and once they did my mom was just you know my mom is an amazing saint like she Mm -hmm. would i'd be like mom i'm doing this she'd be like oh great (laughs) my dad but my dad is like like he's a little bit more rigid which i actually think is a huge benefit to me Mm -hmm. um and you need you need that balance right but it created conflict you know Mm -hmm, because he was he was like what do you like he just assumed i was wasting a lot of time Mm -hmm. because it didn't look a certain way i wasn't pursuing certain jobs when in reality like and i'll tell people will come up to my table at cons and be like my kid wants to draw comics like and they're right there the kid is right there how do i do this and i'm like well, it's your job as a parent to teach them how to support themselves, how to work hard, and how to believe in their goals. Mm-hmm. And then I'll look at the kid and I'll be like, it's your job to listen to everything that they're telling you now, but when they give you job advice, to know when to not listen to them. <laughs> because they, they don't know certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, And so I was like, in parents, it's your job to, if you have kids that want to be artists, to trust them, to trust that the work ethic that you've instilled actually has taken root mm-hmm. and that they will work through mm-hmm. these things and yeah. support themselves. And and it, it kind of like everybody carves their own path if they're an artist. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, my mom wanted me to work at Disney because she thought that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And now I do work for Disney, like, by working at Marvel. Yeah, uh, like, yes. I mean, for it fuck, all like, comes back. Yeah, like, full right circle, now, baby. I'm literally working for Disney Lucasfilm because I'm working on Darth Vader right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it's kind of a hilarious full circle thing. But, you know, like... It's not like she wanted me to work in animation or something, and right. yeah. like, which is funny because I do do weird cartoons; they're just not animated. Right. Uh, but it's it's just funny, like how like she had a, a job path that she thought that I could work, whereas I was built for a different career. Where mm-hmm. I'm like right. I'm building a house, and she wanted yeah. me to go work in a house. Yeah, you know what I'm right. saying. Yeah, that's a great um, analogy. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Was there a you know I know for me in my own life there was a certain point where I was like this seems crazy but I'm in love with this lifestyle and I really want to give myself a shot. And so it was kind of like that step off the ledge moment. Was there, did you have something like that? Yeah, I'm having it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have it every yeah. couple of years. Like we're making dramatic shifts yeah. um, in our career path uh, that I'm okay. not really at liberty to discuss. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's dramatic shifts coming. I mean, that's exactly what happened when comics started taking off was mm-hmm. I started uh, taking less days at the tattoo shop and mm-hmm. really risking a lot of my time, energy, and 
uh, even money, like mm-hmm. the, the income was reduced mm-hmm. uh, to start yeah, working buddy. on these things. And, yeah. and frankly, like I'll say this, if you're just getting by as an artist and that's your foreseeable path, the riskiest thing that you can do is continue that path. Mm-hmm. Like throwing that particular <laughs> thing in the trash mm-hmm. for, for a bigger dream is the safest bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because yeah. ultimately like all you're going to do is consistently paddle with your mm-hmm. head above water until you're too tired and you hate everything. Man. Yep. Yep. I love it. So like that, I mean like, cause ultimately you're the only one betting on you. The world doesn't care about you. The world doesn't right. care about shit. Right. Like they don't care if you're doing well. They don't mm-hmm. care if you're, if you're strong, if you're weak, they're just, they're just doing their thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what we have to offer is equally essential and completely disposable mm-hmm. and consumable. And so ultimately you get to decide how relevant you are. Nobody else. Yeah. Like you get to decide how important what you're doing is. Yeah, like nobody else this, decides that. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Th- we're doing a podcast that right. some like the same number of people may give a shit or not give a shit. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. But but we have <laughs> but decided we're, it's we're also doing. able to do it too. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's worth it enough to just do it. I know? agree, man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's a super important thing. Like like if if it if it needs to come out of you, get it out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, like like that's an act of creation. It's like. Like that origin point, not everybody gets an opportunity to do that. If you have, if you're blessed with an ability to create something from nothing, mm-hmm. I mean, like that's about as holy of an act as I can perceive. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just making things. Yeah. So do it. You know, make something. And if you don't put it in front of anybody, cool. If you just you're the only one who sees it, fine. If you put it in front of a thousand people on Patreon or whatever, do mm-hmm. that too. Right. Or right. coffee or whatever. Yeah. Get your shit out of you. Like, just do it. it. Get your shit Get out your of you. Well, Gary. Gary <laughs> Yeah, yeah just, just do it. Swoop, <laughs> just swoop it. Well, like Gary Shandling talks a little bit about that in that in that episode that he was on, where he was like talking about how uh, he was asking Jerry, and they were talking about if one of them got seriously injured on stage or something happened to them, and they were they become disabled in mm-hmm. some capacity, would they still get up there? Would the fear stop them? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, of course they would do it because right. it's their like their essence comes out, mm-hmm. like yeah. their voice. A uh, guy Rick Remender, who's an incredible writer, he's a great artist. Uh, He's a he's very famous now, but you know I happen to know him, uh, and he told me he was like your voice is all you have, that's it, like that's the most important thing that you have, and it's really the only thing that you have. Don't let anybody take it from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a billion people have said it to me in a billion different ways. Rick was mean enough <laughs> about it, and kind of which was compelling because he's an old punk dude too. Yeah. yeah. So like he kind was just like you, straight, you got yeah. a fucking voice, right. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He'd be, you know, he'd have your hand on your shoulder, like, oh, real, you know, if he was there. Like, it was on the phone, but, <laughs> but that was like an important thing for me to hear, and yeah. uh, and I and I believe him, you know, I believe him. So, that is awesome. We're getting near the the time limit here, the hour but mark, yeah. I wanted to just any shout outs you want to shout out, any pluggables you want to plug. I mean, all of the comic books I make, uh, I just do your do me a solid. And get them. No, mm-hmm. I. Uh, if you yeah. go to my Twitter, which is Brian underscore level, uh, like B R I A N underscore L E V E L, is my Twitter account. My pinned tweet is "You get what you need." It's free for anybody to read. Okay. Um, it's a. It's I guess a horror experience comic book um, that I tried to make uh, have um, content on every like like ri- enrich ideally rich content on every possible page. That's uh, it's very layered and designed to be read more than once. It takes only a matter of minutes to read it, but mm-hmm. I hopefully people go back multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a thing 
hey, I'll be going to Gem City Comic Con. I don't know when this is coming out, but I hit several cons throughout the year. So if you keep up with mm-hmm. me on Twitter or Facebook, um, I, I'm always discussing cons, and I change my avatar to wh- whatever seat I'm going to uh, have. Cool. Like, nice. So Gem you'll be able to. Yeah, Gem City's in Dayton, Ohio. So if any of your listeners are local, that's a good drive. Um, okay. Easy, Excellent. easy drive. It's Excellent. an hour, and it's a really fun, chill show. When is that coming up? That's in uh, March. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, March. So I think it's a two-day show. It's a Saturday and a Sunday, and uh, Jesse puts it on as a swell dude, and it should have lots of other people there besides me. Very cool. Um, but yeah, I've got that book. I've got a book coming out uh, next year from uh, a publisher. Uh, it, it hasn't been announced, so I don't want to be announcing it. And then I'm writing. Sure. A, I'm writing a thing that should either be out the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020. That is that is a co-writing job uh with me and a, and a friend of mine uh so there's there's loads of projects that are kind of in the hopper uh mm-hmm. all of which are original properties original ideas so if you only like me wow. because i work on shit that you like you're gonna fucking hate the next thing because <laughs> it's a hundred percent like nothing you've seen uh, but, but if you like adventure if you like things weird and gross and yeah. ugly then uh yeah if you like what you, and that's the thing if you read you get what you need and you find that it strikes a chord even if you don't get it that's okay it's not designed to be necessarily gotten mm-hmm. um it's designed right. to be experienced you know right. and right. if you enjoy that experience then keep coming back because that's what you can expect from me from here on out um yeah. Awesome. You also have websites. Yeah, and my tattoo shop, uh, which you can book appointments mm-hmm. with me and give me your money. Uh, yes. What cool. is that website? <laughs> it's uh, Illuminate Tattoo, I L L U M I N A U T T A T T O O. Uh, Illuminate. It's a ma- it's a mashup of the the word illuminate and juggernaut. Mm. Um, so it's not uh, no, it's not Illuminati. We are. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Not that wealthy. Illuminatattoo.com, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, Illuminatattoo.com and at Illuminatattoo on Instagram as mm-hmm. well. Yes, sir. And then is BrianLevel.com still BrianLevel.com is still functional. Uh, still also, can be contacted through it. It is, yes. VernonAmusements.com if you would like a little bit of an experience that Ooh. is uh, uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, what was it again? Vernon Maybe what? I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Vernon Amusements. <laughs> Vernon Amusements. Vernon Amusements. Yeah, dot com. I, w- I almost okay. re- preferred not repeating it in hopes that someone would rewind and be like, what'd they say? Oh. I like ciphers, if you can't tell. Okay. Like, things are a little puzzling, so <laughs> give people a little mystery. Maybe I, this whole podcast. I have found in my life, I prefer mystery over uh, answers. Okay. Interesting. Uh, mystery over certainty. Yes, all day long. So Love it. give me a mystery, and I'm way happier. Okay. That's probably why I like being married to my wife. She's very enigmatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, hard to parse out. all right everybody yeah i can't think we've got many pluggables thank you all thank you brian for hanging out this brian level i appreciate the man the myth the legend um this has been brian and daniel for easy mojo podcast check us out easymojo.com and that's us signing out all right thanks my friend thanks guys peace